Well, now we were talking about forgiving as the way toward forgetting on our last broadcast. For those of you who didn't tune in, let me just review a little bit of what that's all about and then go on to make a point that some of you are waiting for me to make today because I promised to make it. First of all, when people say, does the Bible say I have to forgive and forget? The answer to that is no. The Bible says that you are to forgive and thereby you will forget. But some of you are saying, well, no, I don't forget. I, that's just my problem. I, I forgive people, but then I keep thinking about it, and I get myself all upset and worried and, and angry and tearful or whatever it may be as I think about uh, what he did to me or what she did to me and so on, and I just can't get it out of my mind, and uh, I can't forget, and uh, that's just the problem. I, for, I can forgive, but I can't forget. And I tried to point out on the last broadcast, for those of you who weren't listening, that you don't really forgive when that happens. You may have thought you were forgiving, but you misunderstood what biblical forgiveness is like. When God forgives us, he promises something, and then he keeps the promise. Forgiveness is a promise, not a feeling. A feeling may grow out of keeping the promise, of course, but fundamentally, forgiveness is a promise to make and a promise to keep. When you forgive another person, you say to that person, in effect, one, I won't raise this matter with you again. I won't beat you over the head with it again. Two, I won't go around talking to other people about it. And three, I won't sit and think about it myself. So the promise to forgive means I'm not going to bring the matter up against you, either to you, to others, or to myself anymore. The matter is buried, settled, kaputs, finished, done for, once and for all. Now, if you really make that promise and keep that promise, and by the way, we pointed out you don't have to feel like it in order to make or keep a promise. Remember, if uh, your husband has a ticket to the opera and he has promised to take you, but he doesn't feel like it, he better take you regardless of how he feels, right? All right, so you can keep it whether you feel like it or not. So if you make that promise, you can keep it. But you say, how do I get it out of my mind? I find myself sitting there, and the first thing you know, uh, uh, the thing has just come over me, and uh, 15 minutes later I'm crying, sitting there picturing all kinds of things in my mind and thinking about all kinds of things and getting angry toward my husband or feeling sorry for myself or both or, or trying to picture what it was like when he was in her arms and all that sort of thing. So there you go. You've broken your promise, in other words. That's what you've got to see, first of all, is that whenever you get involved in that, that's not something innocent. It's not something you can't control. It's not something that's out of your ken. It's not something that just kind of overwhelms you and, and takes you over and uh, uh, controls you that you can't do anything about. But it is really a breach of a promise that you made when you promised to forgive. Say, well, I never thought of that. I just, you know, what can I do about it? I don't, I don't understand that. I'm not sure you're right. Well, now let's just wait a minute. You are to control your thinking. Did you know that the Word of God tells you that you are responsible for your thinking? That your thoughts are under your control and you can do something about what you think about? You can choose and you can control what you put your mind on? Well, maybe so. Well, let's be sure about it. In Philippians 4, 8, we read, and it's talking about this matter of rejoicing, this matter of having peace in your hearts and in your minds, just the very issue you're dealing with. It says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, 
If there is any excellent thing or anything worthy of praise, let your mind dwell on these things. So it's very clear, isn't it, that you are commanded in this passage to control your thoughts and to focus your thoughts on the proper things. There are some things which are improper. You see, we're to talk about, we're to think about the things that are true, that are honorable, right, pure, lovely, and of good repute. Now, surely, sitting there, after you've made a promise, if you've made a promise that you will not bring this matter up to yourself when you said to another, I forgive you. And remember, that's a promise that you won't bring it up to yourself as well as not bring it up to others or to the person who wronged you. That certainly is not an honorable thing to do. It's certainly not uh, something that's very lovely. It's certainly not a very pure thing on your part to break that promise. It certainly is not worthy of praise, and there's certainly nothing excellent about it, and I think you'll agree on all that. So it doesn't fit this category. You have no right to bring that matter up or to allow that matter, if it comes up, to remain in your mind for even a moment. And you see, you are responsible, according to this verse, for seeing to it that it doesn't remain in your mind. Well, you say, all right, I, I can see that. I, I, I understand it's saying, it's commanding me to do those things, and, uh, and yet I don't know how to go about changing this picture. Let me give you one practical way that we always suggest. I've perhaps suggested in other connections on this broadcast uh, in time past, but it's worth repeating. And that's this. I suggest that you make a Philippians 4, 8 think list. A think list? A think list. What's a think list look like, you say? Well, let me tell you. Get yourself a piece of paper and a pencil and write down about 25 or 30 numbers down the left-hand column. And then next to each of those numbers, you write down a topic that you can think about that really does fit the category and the criteria of Philippians 4.8, something that's honorable, lovely, of good repute, right, pure, true, honorable, worthy of praise. Things that you can put your mind on that would fit Philippians 4.8. Now, don't make these general abstract things like uh, the glory of God. How many uh, seconds can you think about the glory of God? You can't even picture it. It's beyond you. And so it's not to be something abstract like that, but something quite concrete like uh, planning your summer's vacation, what you're going to have to take, <clears throat> how you're going to have to get ready for it, where you have to take out a pencil and paper and really sit down and do some hard uh, working on this matter and really put your mind to it. In other words, these ought to be things that are mind-engaging, things that take your mind off of the wrong things and put your mind onto the profitable, proper things that you as a housewife can be doing for your family or you can do for someone else, or that you ought to be doing before God, or what your responsibilities are, or whatever. It could be even just writing out your shopping list for the next week if necessary, which is a good and an honorable thing to do according to Proverbs uh, 31. And so let's get mind-engaging things on that list. And then whenever you find yourself beginning to sit and sulk, or beginning to uh, sit and uh, have a, a pity party with yourself, say, to the Lord immediately, Lord, this is wrong. No, stand on your feet and go over and get your think list. Or if it's in your purse, if you're outside someplace, take it out of your purse and whip it out and read what's on that list and take the very next item and go to work putting your mind on that issue. You see, there are practical ways 
of doing what the Word of God has to say. And the Word of God is a very practical book. Now, if you don't know what to put on your Philippians 4 think list, let me give you the first item. All right, get a piece of paper and pencil quickly. I'll give it to you before we close the broadcast. Are you ready? Here it goes. Put down one. All right, you got a one down on your paper. Here's what you're to write next to it. This is the first item for your Philippians 4 think list. One, things to put on, things to put on my Philippians 4 think list. There you go. You got your first item and it'll lead to all the rest. I gave you a freebie, and it's one that will help you to get all the rest on there quickly. The next time you start sitting and thinking about the wrong thing, whip out that list and start thinking with a pencil in hand about other things to put on your Philippians 4 think list. Lord, help us, we pray, to do what you want us to do with our thoughts as well as the rest of our lives for Christ's sake. Amen.